We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner in Possible. Who you do business with is more important than where they're located. Bank from the comfort of your own home with M-Prize Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory Podcast with Ken Swanson, Craig Stout, and Matt Lane. Coming to you on the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City. You can find all of our channels covering all the local teams wherever you listen to podcasts or on YouTube. Just search KCSN. And now, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. It's a live edition of the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank. When was the last time you went into a bank? Now more than ever, who you're doing business with is more important than where they're located. Emprise Bank is a trusted business partner that can serve anyone, anywhere. That's Emprise Bank member FDIC, Chiefs Kingdom. Let's ride. It is Broncos week. And I am here with Maddie Lane. Find him on Twitter at Maddie underscore KCSN. Matthew, hi. I almost left when you did that. I almost left. It, I, right. I was I was hovering over the leave. Um, She's keen like, that's right. So see what, what people don't know is that's before right. we started the, what we but people don't know before we started the show. You practiced all your intros like you were walking out and just by yourself. You were just in here this room by yourself, just practicing your intros so that you were ready. You know, you were trying to take some mental reps. You were just sitting there, you know, at a midfield of your office, just taking it all in, you know, just doing the whole Russell Wilson vibe thing. Um, That's right. Yeah. This, I'm not going to lie. This game would be a lot more fun to preview if the Chiefs are coming off a win versus the Bengals. Like, it's <laughs> definitely just so sour. Like, I want to crack all these jokes, too. But, I like, know! it has to be. But, like, even as a fan, I want it to be so businesslike right now that I don't even feel, like, good about cracking the jokes. Cracking these Broncos and Russell Wilson jokes feel forced. Because I mean, the, where the position the Chiefs find themselves in, and I mean, quite frankly, Russ- I bet the team feels that way too. So I'm out. A Russell Wilson joke forced? What? No. What? Man, you're gonna have to carry it. You're gonna have to carry the humor of this. Like I, I just, yeah, I, you know, all business here right now. Our, uh, our clock management to start this game has been very, very poor. Much like Nathaniel Hackett, we should probably be getting into this show. Uh, we yeah, do. Uh, the game. It's a. <laughs> Yes. Maddie is finally joining my team. We're going to make this a, a nice, a nice, easy uh, 25 minute game preview show. 
We do offense and defense. Thank you to everybody watching. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button if you are hanging out with us right now. We do greatly appreciate it. Uh, but we're going to do storylines on both sides of the football. Uh, players to watch, all that good stuff. Uh, we are starting with offense. Uh, the offense did not let the Chiefs down last week. Matthew, they did not let the Chiefs down last week. They did. I mean, the Chiefs lost the game. I don't think it was really at the at the biggest fault uh, was not on the offensive side of the football. There was one big play, but I think coming out of that game, if there is one side of the ball that I could see having a big letdown after a big loss against the Cincinnati Bengals that lost the Chiefs the one seed, that was a game they circled on the calendar. I think the offensive side of the ball is the is the side that could see some um, some 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 of the. Um, issues coming out of the Bengals game some of the letdown from that game so like I think avoiding the letdown is the first thing we should talk about I, mean, I think that's fair uh especially specifically for the offensive side I mean there there's nothing to be let down from on the defensive side of the ball right like it legitimately can't get any worse than what it just was I mean, they had one fourth they had a three and out and a fourth down stop and like that's all they accomplished right so you can't you can't be let down from where they are the offense on the other hand ultimately played pretty well the fumble by Travis Kelsey is the big one that sticks out as maybe not being great. You could, you know, pick some nits with that third and three play if you wanted to, but generally the offense played good. So if there was a unit that maybe was going to be feeling a little hungover, maybe not have their best stuff at the beginning of the following week, it would be this side of the ball. And then it just so happens to be a divisional game against a very good defense in the NFL. Like, yeah, if you're kind of writing a narrative of going into this game, you know, like it's a movie or a TV show, this is definitely a time where the Chiefs are probably going to come out and start a little slow. Like I would not be surprised. It's just do not do they, because we know they do, but will they snap out of it early enough to mat like for it to not to matter? Will it get to halftime and they'll figure out like, okay, we got to get this going. Will there be a big play that kind of sparks everybody or can they avoid it altogether going into the game and like try to really put their foot down to showcase, okay, we still are the best team here. There's a lot of ways that it can go, but I'm with you. I think this is a prime spot for the offense to come out and look really sluggish to start this game, and then it will be kind of on Patrick Mahomes' feet and Travis Kelsey's feet, the emotional leaders of that unit, to recenter them, refocus them, and get them amped up for this game that should be pretty difficult for that side of the ball. Yeah, I, I think the the overarching theme with, with, with the Chiefs' uh, offense against the Broncos' defense is this is a good defense. This is still one of the this is one of the better defensive teams uh in the NFL. In fact, if the Broncos offense was like just they they averaged like what was like if, <laughs> it's like if they if they scored over 18 points every game this season, they wouldn't have very many losses. It'd be like it'd be like nine and three or something ridiculous like that. This is a very good defense, even after trading Bradley Chubb at the trade deadline. Maybe he doesn't have the same kind of, you know, firepower up and down that front seven that you're used to, but there's still a lot of talented football players uh, on, on this Broncos uh, defensive uh, you know, in their, in their personnel. So it's going to be a tough challenge regardless, even if the chiefs were coming out of a win, we'd probably be talking about the, the come down from the, from a big win against the Bengals. Right. So I think emotions are going to be, um, you know, I think it, I think that the response from the offensive side of the ball is the most important when it comes to the emotions of this game. So um, I think avoiding the letdown is going to be a, a big factor, especially early in this game. Another factor, we just got done talking a little bit and hinting about the uh, abysmal offense. Uh, that is the Russell Wilson-led, subway-eating Denver Broncos offense. 
but creating explosive plays. You know, we, this is a very good defense, and I think a couple big explosive plays here or there could be huge in pulling away from this football team, getting yourself down the field in a, uh, you know, in a big, quick way, just to get some points on the board and, and kind of help create some cushion in this game where you don't expect the Broncos to just all of a sudden figure out how to how to offense. Yeah, uh, so on the year so far, the Chiefs are number one in the NFL in passing explosive plays. That's passing plays for going over 20 yards. They are third in all explosive plays. I I believe they're relatively the bottom third in terms of rushing explosive plays, but still just rushing, passing combined. They are third in the NFL in creating explosive plays. They're good at doing it. Last year, they were one of the worst teams in the NFL at creating explosive plays. This year, they've been really darn good at it. The Broncos defense, it's still, it's not, run by Vic Fangio anymore, but it's still coming from that same tree with uh, Evero there. So they will try to limit explosive plays. That's kind of the central point of this defense is stopping explosive plays. The Chiefs have been really good at generating them so far this year. So it's kind of like, you know, a a movable force against an unstoppable object right now. I guess I flipped those on purpose, Kent. And so this is what we are now doing. Um, The Chiefs are going to have to figure out how to do it. Is it going to be play action is it going to be throwing the ball back are they just going to trust mvs to win on these vertical routes like they did last week like what is their answer to produce some of these explosive plays and they honestly have had trouble doing that against vic fangio's defenses of denver i think we can all kind of remember um tyree kill and the snow and stuff maybe hitting a couple over the top uh, especially back when uh Chris Harris, I believe, was still playing for the Broncos. But besides that, this Broncos defense has bottled up the Chiefs offense pretty well. So it'll be something to watch. I don't know if you have any ideas on the route that they might go to produce some of these explosive plays, but this Denver defense does not like to give them up. Well, I mean, you keep an eye on uh, one of my players to watch uh, here later because I do think there is a guy that could potentially produce some explosives that, you know, that we're talking about. I think it's in the air. I don't think they're, I don't think, I mean, obviously I think, I think it's going to be in the air if they're generating some explosives. Um, so we'll, we'll get there, but I, I do think just being able to being able to, to get some big plays could really kind of create some cushion and create some comfortability for this team. trying to trying to, uh, trying to beat a bad football team. So the pass rush, of the well, hold on, Bron- but oh. I want to go back to explosives quickly. I, okay. I'm not trying to keep you here too long, but uh, you know, you're, no, moving a, you're moving a little fast. You're trying to get us out of here a little too quick right now. Give oh, the good. people what they want. No, I'm good. Do you think, do we think Canarius Tony's going to play? No, uh, we don't think so. I, uh, look, he's two limited participants. I think yep. this team has bigger intentions in mind for the, yep. you know, for all this. So if Kadarius, so Kadarius Tony's not my player to watch. There's, there's a hint there, but I just, I just think, you know, th- this is a three and nine football team. You shouldn't need them. You should be able to put enough points on the board to beat this team. Don't risk it with Kadarius Tony. Give him some time to rest. He'll get him back into the swing of things. Two limited participants. There's no need to rush him back. Try to get him at full strength for you know the regular or for the you know for the home stretch for the postseason all that stuff. Don't don't worry about that. Yeah, I, mean, I don't necessarily disagree. I mean, I don't really have too much issue with what the Chiefs offense has been the past couple weeks without McCole Hardman, without Kadarius Toney. Uh, I think it really only shows up in the red zone. And, you know, maybe again, you want to maybe point to some stuff where the Chiefs weren't great. Their red zone offense against the Bengals and the Rams has not been the strongest suit, but it was it was fine versus the Bengals. It wasn't terrible. It was fine. So if, you know, if you're okay living with not executing in the red zone as well, as you would probably like, then yeah, you probably want to rest Tony. I do think that's the only area. I mean, 
I've seen a lot of clamoring from Chiefs fans lately. You know, oh, they need a McCall Hardman back. They're all of a sudden, everyone's, you know, missing McCall Hardman. Like, yes, but not for everything he does. Just quite specifically, as soon as the Chiefs get inside the 20-yard line, a lot of their offense is predicated on all the jet motion stuff. And we see, saw the one game without Hardman, but Tony played in, it, it still worked just fine. They still just did the exact same stuff with Kadarius Tony. And for some reason, they are hesitant to do that with Sky Moore. Maybe he doesn't do as well at it in practice. Maybe they don't know if he's ready to take on that role. But without that element, I do think you could see some struggles in the red zone. Now, I know I don't know if that necessarily fits in with explosives, but it's just I was something to bring up here just because I don't know where else it's going to fit. And I, I think that is something that we're going to see creeping up with no Harden, with no Tony, if neither can play. This is a kind of game where the red zone offense might stall out a little bit more. Hey, do us a favor, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button if you are watching this. Uh, really appreciate it. Helps us grow the channel, all that good stuff. So I did mention, hey, the Broncos traded Bradley Chubb. They got a first-round pick out of it. Good on them. Uh, they're going to need it because they don't have a ton of draft capital for the future because they traded for Russell Wilson. Uh, but this pass rush still kind of salty Matthew there's still some guys and there's still some there's some guys that are you know disrupting creating some problems they've been able to get some pressure still they have um so the Broncos defense right now is roughly middle of the pack in terms of pressure rate and then sacks per game um it's gotten a little bit worse without Bradley Chubb you know trade away one of the better defensive edge or defensive end pass rushers in the league that's going to happen but they're still they're still quality and then um Edgero Evero their defensive coordinator I mentioned earlier, he comes from that Vic Fangio tree. So it's going to be, you know, two high safeties. There's going to be a lot of post-snap movement, but you're going to get a lot of zone coverage, a lot of match coverage. It's all going to base out of a too high structure. But where he's different, and I think a lot of this comes from his work with Wade Phillips, he's going to blitz. He gets deep into his pressure packages are really nice. Like he's not just going to sit back like Brandon Staley was known for. Yeah, he's played a little different against the Chiefs, but he's not just going to sit back and just let the four-man passers try to win. And that's something the Broncos couldn't afford anyway. Like that's been their issue is they couldn't sit there and do that. So Evero has gone, you know, deep into his, his playbook and time of working with Wade Phillips and his pressure package is up there. He likes to overload one side of the defensive line, get multiple guy defensive linemen on one side. Then he'll send blitzes off of that, whether it's to the same side on the opposite side, like he gets pretty creative with a lot of the stuff he does. So essentially what they're trying to do, they are trying to work up one-on-one -on -one matchups for Tremont Jones on the interior and then, you know, Baron Browning or uh, Nick Benito has been playing a lot for them lately. Get one of those two guys in the one-on-one attack on the outside and then just say, hey, our guy's better than your guy. And we have ensured that it's going to be a one-on-one -on -one rush. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to get free rushers or one-on-ones for two or, their three or two of their better pass rushers. And they've been pretty good at it. So yeah, they might not take over an entire game. They might not have flashy names, but they scheme them up into pretty good looks. And that's something they've had a lot of success with, especially with Draymond Jones on the interior. And I mean, it's I'm gonna I mean, a couple of things I'm interesting. How much how much pressure are they gonna bring? You know, they saw you know the Bengals tried to the Bengals tried to pressure the Chiefs a little bit, um, and then the response from the edge, you know, from the tackles. I, I just I'm just kind of fascinated from that a little bit too, just to see. Is this a get-right game for them? Uh, are they able to respond in a big way? Because the tackles were pretty bad last week against the Cincinnati Bengals. So I think this is a big test for um, for all of these, you know, for this entire offensive line and just for this offense in general. And you know, again, this is a good defense. You can you can handle a bit of their blitz. You can handle a little bit of these one-on-one -on -one matchups they're going to try to create. If you can respond well, good things are going to happen. I think good things will also happen. 
if you drink coffee, and Tucker Franklin's going to tell you about that. The holidays are approaching, so it's time to start thinking about what you're going to gift your loved ones. And if you're looking for something to get even the hardest people to shop for, look no further with a personalized coffee subscription from Trade Coffee. Yes, our friends at Trade Coffee are back. And Trade Coffee is a coffee subscription service that makes it so simple to discover new coffees and make your best cup of coffee at home every day. Trade partners with the nation's top-rated independent roasters to send you coffee that they'll know you love, fresh to your home, and on your preferred schedule. Trade makes it easy and convenient to discover new coffees. They've been wonderful sending me new coffees that I can try, pick, mix and pair with flavorings, with different uh, creams and stuff like that. Wonderful. Right now, Trade is offering our listeners a total of $30 off a subscription at drinktrade.com slash KCSN. That's drinktrade.com slash KCSN for $30 off drinktrade.com slash KCSN. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. If you are watching this, really, really appreciate you doing it. Players to watch on the offensive side of the ball. Who you got, Matthew? So I mentioned that the Broncos really like to get one-on-one matchups for Draymond Jones. I think the guy they're going to probably try to target, assuming Joe Tooney can play, is going to be Trey Smith. They are going to try. That's the direct. They like to slide their defensive line to the offense's right. That's what they try to really set up their one-on-ones. Right guard is Trey Smith. They're going to try to occupy, you know, Andrew Wiley. They're going to try to occupy Creed Humphrey and get Draymond Jones matched up with Trey Smith and probably try to do it in a little bit more space than he normally likes to operate in. And so what you're going to get is a super quick twitched, you know, kind of agile pass rusher. And that's been a little bit of Trey Smith's kryptonite. He can be caught leaning out on his toes a little bit. He can be caught getting over his skis and lose balance. So that'll be an interesting matchup to watch to see when the Broncos are scheming that up. The reason I want to go to it is Trey Smith's been playing some of his best ball of the year these past few weeks. He's been really good. He's been pancaking guys every single game. He's been, you know, making guys pay for not paying attention to him in the pass rush. And he's getting some, you know, extra help and getting, you know, some full slabs of ribs on the interior. So he's been playing really well lately. I do think he's still susceptible to getting pulled off balance. So I am watching this, but I think this could be one of those games where we kind of go, okay, Trey Smith's fully back to where he was. He dominated this game. He pushed around the defensive line unit that is good, but not so good that he cannot dominate them, you know, if he can play his A-plus game. So, yeah, we talked a little bit about explosive plays, and I think the guy coming off a couple big explosive plays, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, could be in play again. Um, You know, potentially get some shots outside. 
um, against a Damari Mathis, who's kind of a, a smaller cornerback. You know, I'm assuming Patrick Sertan is going to, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll match him up against Juju fairly uh, decent amount. So let's get Marquez Valdez-Scantling on the other side. Um, and let's try to get him some shot plays down the field. You know, I think he is a guy that can win. Uh, you know, obviously we've seen him do it last couple of weeks. Let's continue to build his confidence a little bit up, you know, because like it was a little bit up and down game last week. There's been some up and down performances. Um, you know, let's try to just get some confidence and, and some consistency with Marquez Valdez Scantling down the field. Continue to uh to give him some shots. Uh let's go with Marquez for the player to watch on the offensive side of the ball for me. All right. Defensive time. Ugh. Let's I, ride. <laughs> has to be tackling first and foremost that's unlimited well the uh, missed tackles were unlimited last week so how does football team, bread bowl how does this team fix it matthew I don't know, do it better <laughs> I, how do they fix it i don't know tackle wrap up run to the ball carrier don't stop your feet Be don't better. try to dive at their shoelaces like, what do you want me to say? How am I supposed to tell you how to fix it? I'm not in the room with those grown men that weren't tackling worth a darn versus the Bengals. Like, there's, I don't know. You make them sit there and just watch the pathetic attempt after pathetic attempt until they're like, okay, I'm annoyed and pissed off enough that maybe I still have terrible tackling technique, but I'll run through somebody's chest. Like, I guess that's what you have to hope for. Like, I, I don't see why this would fix in the blink of an eye. And what the Chiefs have going for them is, uh, the Denver Broncos don't have uh, their, either of their starting running backs from the beginning of the year. So, like, hey, <laughs> they have guys that are maybe tackleable, but, you know, that didn't work versus the Bengals when they were down to Samaje Pirine. So, I don't know. We, we'll have to see where this tackling aspect of this goes. I think the bigger thing is you just have to rely on this defense that got punked last week. I mean, they just straight up got punked. They got made look silly. You have to hope that it's a mentality switch that they are able to flip immediately. And just come out of this game. And like I said, I don't even care if it's technical tackling. Just play with some fire and energy. You want to go hit somebody and hit them hard. And then maybe they bounce backwards and stay on their feet. Fine. I can live with that. What I can't live with is my middle linebacker diving in a shoelace and holding onto an ankle while a guy drags him for an extra four yards every single play. Like that's what's not acceptable. I said, you know, I think the offense is more prone to a letdown than the defensive side of the ball because of a lot of things like pride, like you know, a response to the tape that they put on against the Bengals and the effort. I think the energy is going to be a lot different for that side of the football than it was last week. I would be stunned if this, if this group doesn't play with a little bit more fire, a little bit more intensity, a little bit more physicality. If they don't, we're going to have some big conversations about the ceiling of this football team. Uh, Because I think this is a game where they're going to need to response, respond in a big way to just, it's an opportunity for them to keep a uh, a bad offense down, to keep a divisional opponent down, to kick them while they're down. And coming off of the Bengals game where the tackling was abhorrent, effort at times, not great. This is an opportunity to, you know, flex your muscles a little bit and to play with a little bit more physicality. Play, you know, just play better across the board. And I, I think you're going to get a more focused version of this football team this week. But I, and I think it's going to start with the tackling. I think it has to start with the tackling. If it doesn't, whoo, there's going to be some. Oh. When you got to tackle Latavius Murray, Mike Boone, and Marlon Mack, you know, you know, you got your work cut out for you. Hey, 
I I think you're being a little bit sarcastic, but I tackling Mike Boone doesn't sound fun. I'll just well, be honest. Do you not remember? Have we already forgotten Latavius Murray's like 90 yard touchdown run against the Chiefs? Granted, that was like he was much younger in his career he's and still, much he, kind of faster. He's still a tank, man. Like he's still, you know, he's still a big physical guy. So <laughs> I don't know. I think tackling is a big place for this team to rebound. I think the yeah. pass rush could be a, a big place for this, this, this offense or this defense to rebound, Matthew. Boy, do they need it. Um, Boy, howdy. Luckily. Luckily for the Chiefs, they went from playing the Bengals, who allow an average amount, an average pressure rate, you know, on the season, but uh, one of the worst or allow some of the most sacks in the NFL. They allowed when they went into the Chiefs game like 3.2 sacks per game. They're going straight from that game where they got one sack, and it was because Burrow decided to just take it. Um, they go to the face of Denver Broncos, who also take 3.2 sacks per game, and they actually give up a, a little bit more pressure in terms of the rate. So. What I'm trying to say is Denver Broncos pass protection is bad. Russell Wilson is not very good at not taking sacks. Um, the Chiefs defensive line should be good here. The Broncos, I think, are down to backup offensive tackles at both positions with Garrett Bowles being injured. And then um, on the other side, I think Cameron Fleming stepped in at right tackle and uh, Calvin Anderson is playing left tackle for them. Like, if there is ever a game for the Chiefs defensive line unit and these defensive ends to show up and help Chris Jones – this is the one like this is the game that they kind of do have to put their best foot forward. I don't know if they necessarily need it to win the game, but this is a game against this defensive line. You should kind of see them dominate. This is the type of game that you would really like to see this chiefs defensive line go out and kind of impose their will. That way, you know, you at least get your hopes up a little bit going into the playoffs or down this home stretch. My thing is like, yeah, I think they're going to generate more pressure than they did last week, but I want to see him finish some plays too. Like, I think that's the thing I want to see this week. It's not just generating pressure. They got to finish some plays this week. And, you know, Russell Wilson, they're still, he'll have some moments where he's a little bit more slippery, you know, uh, believe it or not. There's still, there's still some of those moments in there from him where he'll slip out of some stuff. Now it's a little bit more fewer and farther between than it's been historically, but it's not like he's just a, a, a stationary target still. So I, I need to see this team finish some of these, some of these pass rushes, not just disrupt actually finish some of these plays i think it's going to be pretty important uh and yeah this is a chance for some guys to get right get some confidence heading into you know the the second or the you know the end of the season as we're getting closer and closer to the playoffs there's some weaknesses along the offensive line dalton risner uh not playing possibly probably he is uh has not practiced the first two practices this week so that's another one to kind of keep your eye on you know if you can you know, if you can get after this group that's hobbling, uh, it, it, it's going to go a long way in their ability to kind of win this game uh, and win it comfortably and not make it a slugfest, not make it a game that doesn't need to be close. So um, oh. the Broncos have given up three or more sacks and nine out of their 12 games this year, including what? One, two, three, four, four times out of their last five games, like this is not a difficult team to sack multiple times. You can get a lot of pressure on, on this Denver Broncos team. Um, so if the Chiefs can't get pressure, if the Chiefs can't get consistent pressure in this game, then maybe it is time to start to panic a little bit, right? Then maybe there is, I saw something that, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals offensive coordinator um, got on, you know, get up uh, one of the NFL network shows and just talked about how, Joe Burrow came and said, hey, I think the Chiefs pass rusher, that defensive line, they get out of their rush lanes too often, and that's going to give me space to escape. Guess what? If you see 
Joe Burrow not get sacked by this team, and then you see the Denver Broncos not give up sacks to this defensive line, it might be out. The word on the street might be out about how you beat this pass rush. Though something this pass rush is doing incorrectly, it could be out there based purely on just something that simple because there's just no way you can go a game against the Bengals and the Broncos back to back and only come out, you know, with a couple sacks here or there. You got to be able to finish a little bit more often. I know Steve Spagnuolo is probably going to blitz Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's not one of the quarterbacks that you are not allowed to blitz like a Joe Burrow is. Like, you could definitely blitz him. So maybe they will get some pressures and some sacks off that. But I'm really going to be focusing on the four-man rush because they're going to need it. They are going to need it in the playoffs, especially if they see the Cincinnati Bengals again. They are going to absolutely have to have it. And you just got to start seeing that trend upwards again like it had been up until this point. Then all of a sudden it took a huge step back last week. So this is just a good rebound spot. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network. God bless Pete Carroll, Matthew. Because, you know, yeah. we used to roast Seattle all the time about, yeah, Ray got to run the football. Yeah, you know. I think I think that offensive design was to save Russell from Russell and to save the Seahawks from Russell a little bit because I think the ability to generate consistent offense down the field required not letting Russ cook a little bit. I'll be honest with you. Because the variance with a Russell Wilson with 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 his passing style is he wants to give some he wants to throw some shots down the field. He's historically wanted to throw down the field and throw some fades and get these you know, throws outside the numbers and all that stuff. And it's not as prevalent as it was, you know, at times in Seattle, but there's still plenty of YOLO and giving some guys down the field the shot that, you know, that it's still in Russell Wilson's game here. And in in in, with an offense that has been struggling terribly, terribly, absolutely terribly, Keeping them from generating a few explosives down the field could be a huge boon in their ability to win this football game comfortably, Matthew. I am very intent on checking out def- you know how, how these corners are going to take some of these shots that they'll still try to take, or else they're going to try to take a couple. Keeping those from keeping those as incompletions is a big factor in this game, I think. Well, so a couple of things. Uh, I'm pretty sure Pete Carroll's come out and said they they played that kind of offense. They were taking those deep shots and stuff because that was something that Russell Wilson was really good at and felt comfortable doing. Like he 
He didn't say we didn't do the other stuff that every other good offense was doing because Russell Wilson's bad at it, but he also didn't not say that. Like he pretty much, he's pretty much hinted that, like, yeah, we played YOLO ball because Russell Wilson's good at throwing the deep ball. Like that's he made it very clear that there was some stuff in the offense that was in there just because that's what Russell Wilson liked to do and was good at it. I mean, you just can't do it too Carroll, much. And if Pete Carroll's saying that stuff, I mean, that's that's big, right? So I do think some of that's there. You, Russell Wilson's it's never been the guy just going to drop back and just dissect a defense all game long, throw it over the middle of the field. <laughs> never. It's just That's not going to be his game, right? And so there are certain things they have to do. They want to run the ball a little bit. They want to hit play action shots over the top. Let Russell Wilson, who throws a very good deep ball, sit back there and throw some really nice deep balls. If you're the Chiefs, you're just coming off a game against another team that likes to throw a lot of vertical balls down the sidelines and stuff like that and they tore you up over the middle of the field. Maybe the Broncos see that. Maybe Russell Wilson's going to try to dial in and do his, you know, his inner Joe Burrow and throw the ball over the middle of the field, but I doubt it. So you just need to make sure Trent McDuffie, Joshua Williams, both of which who played, you know, good to really, really good last week are ready for the same type of game where they're getting pressed up the sideline. They're getting pressed vertical. They are always ready to take stuff over the top. I think the Broncos really like getting, uh, if Dulcich is still healthy, and yeah, Greg Dulcich is still healthy, I do believe, they like to get him going on play action and running some like deep overs from the tight end position or out of the slot. They have some vertical guys they can get there. Um, I think Cortland Sutton's still not tracking the play yes. in this game. Correct. So that that definitely puts a big hindrance in just throwing up YOLO balls. Like you're not trusting Jerry Judy to go win a 50-50 ball. You're not trusting him to catch the ball, let alone win a 50-50 ball. So that does hurt them a little bit in that regard. Just I think if you're the Chiefs, force the Broncos to drive up and down the field and not hit big, long plays. And then, then you're going to be sitting pretty like this. That offense is not made to execute at a high level all the time. Do us a favor. If you're watching, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. We would really appreciate that. It helps us uh, grow this channel. So players to watch on defense, Matthew. Oh, we're doing it. Big Brandon Williams gets <laughs> added to the 53 man roster. I mean, do we, do we really think that there's, you know, he's not going to get a couple reps. We saw, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles immediately put some defensive tackles they signed off the street right out there into the lineup, and they played pretty well. I think you're going to get the same thing out of Brandon Williams. I think the Chiefs are tired of watching this team just get big boyed, to get bullied. Um, it doesn't happen every week, but when it happens, it just kind of snowballs down. It was really bad last week with Derek Nadi and Colin Saunders, and then letting you know these blockers get to the linebackers in the second level, just bullying them. The Cincinnati Bengals bullying them in the run game. The Denver Broncos would like nothing more than to just sit back and run the ball 50 times in this game and push the Chiefs around. I think Brandon Williams is going to see some reps. I think I would really like to see some improved nose tackles, defensive tackle play in terms of eating blocks, being stout at the point of attack, so that doesn't happen. Let's start to see some good reps. Let's see a little bit of turnover on that interior defensive line, and I think I, there's a reason Brandon Williams is here, and there's a defensive line coach on this team that has plenty of experience with Brandon Williams, so I don't think that's a coincidence I'm hoping he has a little bit left, but he should be up to speed relatively quickly for this team, I think. I'm staying on the interior. I think, yeah, I'm 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 wanting to see a game out of Chris Jones. You know, this is a weakened interior. Um, I want to see him kind of bounce back a little bit here too. You know, um, not that he was, you know, he was far from the only problem on on this team, you know, in, on Sunday. But I think this is a chance for him to, you know, get right, get back into it. And uh 
I uh, I'm, I'm keeping an eye on him against a weakened interior because Dalton Risner doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like we're getting Don, Dalton Risner. So you're looking at a Quinn Miners and a Graham Glasgow, and we'll see Luke Wattenberg. Is he gonna kick to guard? Like what's gonna happen if if uh, Dalton Risner's not playing? So uh, give me uh, give me Chris Jones as my player to watch on the defensive side of the ball. Okay. Well, you're saying that, and I'm looking. He's their only other de- offensive lineman listed on their depth chart if Risner can't play. It's got to be Luke Wattenberg, right? Like, Yikes. I guess they bring somebody up from the practice squad, and I don't know who's in their practice squad, but like, they don't have anybody else on the roster that I can see. I don't know. They, oh, Nutane Mutai's on their practice squad. I think he's played for them in the past. Like, maybe he gets a call up to start. Like, he's been in that position. That's just not still not good. It's just, uh, yeah. Wow. I liked I liked Natane Mutai coming out a little bit, but not anymore because he's a Bronco. So why don't we predict this game though, Matthew? What do you got? Uh ugly first half. Um, I think that I think the Chiefs defense will come out with some fire. I think they'll come out trying to prove a point, maybe not necessarily like, haha, we're the best, but they're gonna try to prove a point that they are not gonna be out physical. They're gonna prove a point that they are not soft. They are gonna come out with some energy and fire. And I do think that they should be able to slow down this Broncos offense, which is absolutely pitiful. The problem is I do think there's going to be a little bit of a hangover effect on offense. I really do. I don't expect him to come out and execute super well. They might even lull us into a false sense of security and have a good first drive before they just, you know, just go soggy paper towel through the rest of the first half. First half's going to be ugly. It'll be up to the leaders to get them amped up and coming out at halftime. I, mean, I think they win, but I don't think this is a pretty game to watch. And I think we all just want to move on as quickly as possible from it at the end of it. Um, I'm going with 23 to 16. I think this is an ugly football game. I think it's a game where you don't you don't feel good after it. Um and honestly, I don't really know if I care um if I feel good after it. I don't know how many big reactions and responses I'm going to have to this football game. Um I'm not going to be overly stressed about too much unless they lose. And then we're going to, so, yeah, all... no, tell me how you're going to be feeling if they lose. I was just curious if, if they lose, like what, what are you going to look, what are you going to feel like if they lose this game with all of the Russell Wilson tweets that we've got out this year? Uh huh. Oh, after losing to the Bengals the week prior, uh-huh. oh, devastated. Uh huh. Like this, this would not be fun. This would not be a fun week to endure back-to-back losses and one of them coming against the Broncos. Losing to the Broncos would be worse than losing to the Colts. Uh, It's really not even close. And so I just told you, I don't want that to happen. I don't expect it to happen. You don't want, you don't want them to lose. No. Okay. Yeah. Like, (laughs) and I don't have them losing. I have them winning 21 to 10, but it's an ugly football game. We don't have big takeaways from it. We don't really, feel good about it at all in any way shape or form afterwards but that's okay because we're going to be moving on this team should be playing well into january as this team continues to build towards that we'll be here at kc sports network 17 shows covering the chiefs every single week make sure you're checking all of them out thank y'all so much we'll catch you later thanks for listening to kc sports network don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well You can find all six of our channels at KCSN, covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou, by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.